okay? Um, and, and the goal is, I think, just in order to have a kiyum and to give people enough time on Sundays to really try to start like around this time, nine o'clock or slightly before, and then to go for about 45 minutes and be done by 9.45. I'd like to, this is actually someone suggested and I think it's a wonderful idea because many of us are doing this in Moed Katan right now, to go through maybe a couple weeks on some of the halachos of Avelis. Because there are so many questions and there's so much unclarity. Right? Constantly, you know, you're in the, in the shiva home. Can I eat the cookie? Can I take a drink? What do I say? What can't I say? What exactly is the mitzvah? What's the Indian? What's the idea of sitting shiva? So there are many, many questions. And the reason why in this particular area of halacha there's a lot of unclarity is because we know from the Gemara itself there's not much on what to do and what not to do. And we have a few blotted mode cotton that uh, goes through some of the basic guiding principles, but a lot of the practical hands-on halacha lemaisa we find in the Shulchan Aruch, we find from the Rosh in the back of the Masechta, and then we have the more contemporary poskim. So what I'd like to do is explore the philosophy of Shiva, where does it come from and what is the goal of Shiva, and also the mitzvah of nichum Mavelim of comforting mourners. So the, the Yushalmi says that the mitzvah of sitting Shiva actually comes from a Pasuk in Parshas Vayichi. This is quoted from the, uh, the Gesher Achayim at the beginning of Perak Yates. Minayin la'evel min Shiva. How do we know that one should sit Shiva for seven days? It's based on the verse, that when Yaakov Avinu passed away, they were in mourning for seven days. That's the Pasuk quoted by the Yerushalmi. The Gesher Chaim goes on to explain that even though it quotes a Pasuk, it's not really a mitzvah deraisa. First of all, this was before the giving of the Torah, and also it's not said the Lashen Sivui. It's not a command. It just tells us what happened. And the Yerushalmi says elsewhere, a famous Gemara, that the idea of Shiva for Avelis and Shiva for the, the Chassid and Kala, seven days of Mishta, Moshe Rabbeinu Hiskin Shivas Yemei Avelis v'Shivas Yemei Mishta. That was actually an institution created by Moshe Rabbeinu. And even though it goes back all the way to Moshe Rabbeinu, we have a claw that anything created by Moshe is not considered a deraisa, but that's in the category of a derbanan. So although we have a smach, we have this illusion, we have a remis from the Torah itself, sitting shiva, so to speak, for Yaakov Avinu, the, uh, the Pasuk is not really telling us you have to sit shiva. Is there any mitzvah deraisa? So we spoke about this in the Monday night Chabura. There's a big machlokus between the Rif and the Balei Tosfos. The Rif was of the opinion that the first day of Shiva is midiraisa, and then two through seven are derabanan. And the Ri, it's quoted in the Rosh and Simon Gimel, the Ri was of the opinion that every single day, even the first day of Shiva, is midiraisa. But even if it's derabanan from the Yerushalmi, we see that it's an ancient Takana going back to Moshe Rabbeinu. What's the, uh, the rationale? Every mitzvah, we have to try to get a little bit of the time, the reason behind the mitzvah. 
So let's take a look here, source number one from the Gesh Rechaim. He's bothered by a question that One of the uh, guiding principles of our Amunah is that everything is Hashem and every decision is made out of his infinite Rachamim and Chesed. And you have to make a bracha even on that which appears to be negative. We have to understand why would there be a mitzvah to experience Avelos? Where does that come from? We should be making a bracha. Why are you sitting shiva? So he mentioned the psychological reason. And he says this is not sufficient by itself, but there is truth to this. He says... Part of the reason why the Torah gave us this command, or at least the Tekana from Moshe Rabbeinu, is lahotzi hamarimus hapenimius chutza, is to be able to express the inner turmoil or the inner pain, to, to manifest it, to, to share it, to bring it out. Why? Shahavloga hayaseira, because havloga means keeping it in, keeping our emotions inside. That doesn't help anybody. If you keep your sadness and your pain inside, that will only cause more of a feeling of helplessness and despair. Which is an amazing hashkafa. He says, Tamza Enum Maspik, this is not the only reason, this is not sufficient for the, the broader understanding of Avelis, but it's definitely a true idea in psychology. In the secular world, or even in, in much of the Jewish world, unfortunately, without the real understanding behind the Velas, what usually happens is a person feels, okay, okay, got to get back on my feet, got to get back to work, got to continue. That's what dad would have wanted, you know, just to get back, get back on the horse and pretend nothing happened. Probably men have that problem more than women. We try to just, you know, get on with our lives. But the Torah Hashkafa is, if you don't take time to really focus, like we spoke about in Shabbos, the idea of Zrizus Machshava, to actually try to galvanize all of the, the energy that I have to focus on the loss and to speak about the person and to really feel it, if I don't bring that lechutz, then psychologically and even physically, that's just a dangerous state of reality. That's one reason, says the Gesher Chaim, why we need to sit Shiva. He says, V'tam ha-muvchar However, the reason that I feel is the most accurate, Milvad ha-taimim al besides Kabbalistic ideas that we're not going to discuss here, that's beyond the scope of our discussion, is the following. L'hashrish es chashivus chaye adam The goal of Shiva is to reinforce within ourselves the chashivas, the importance of the human life. Chayi living with ratzon and the freedom to choose between tov and ra, she'efsher lircho shal yodam chayim atzmiim. The whole, the whole mitzias, the gift of life itself, the goal of sitting shiva is to, to reawaken within ourselves the love of life and how precious it is. And he adds, And to make this clear distinction between, let's say, the death of, a, of an animal. 
So it could be a sad thing for a family that have had the dog now for 15 years and they view it as part of the mishpacha. And it is very sad. It's hard, you know, for kids who grew up with a dog and, and now you have to bury it. But, but to realize that has no shaykhis to misa. It's, that's nezik mamon. You know, you lost something and it, it, was, it was nostalgic, it was special to you. But to understand what it means to, to lose a human being. So it's not just a national or, or, or a, a natural expression of mourning that you bring it lechutz because it's healthy and it's, and it's good for you, but it's a necessary thing to reinforce the importance and the gift of life. And this he really gets from a Sefer HaChinuch, but that's the way he presents it. The Ramban, really in a similar vein, a little bit of a different angle though, the Ramban in his introduction to the Sefer Torah Sa'adam He's also bothered by a question, which is, why do people get so upset when a loved one passes away? Now, it sounds like a strange question. What do you mean? That's, that's what we do. But he explains. Because usually, we get anxious about something if we're not sure what's going to take place. And then if something does happen that was somewhat unexpected, then it could be devastating. But he writes that from the time a person is alive, we know what the outcome will be. We know that death is part of the reality of life. So the answer is unbelievable. V'hatshuva b'zeh, this is the fourth line of the Ramban. V'hatshuva b'zeh, ki toldos ha'adam lichyos le'olam. Because you have to understand, really, the human being should live forever. The, the notion of nitzchias, of living for eternity, is something that's really hardwired in the neshama. It happens to be somewhere along the way, going back to the chait of Adam HaRishon, things got messed up temporarily. And we're still in that state for now. But that's not really the teva ha'adam. We're created to live for nitzchias. And therefore, the whole idea of a loss of a human life is so devastating because even though we know intellectually this is going to happen at some point, but it's not, it's not what should be happening. This also explains the, the, the reason why we all have such a desire to live on in any way possible. Thank you, Arye. Right, there's a Svorno on Tehillim where he says the reason why people like having their names on buildings it's because they like the feeling of living for Nitzchias. So even when I'm gone, my building's still going to be here, my name's going to be right there in brick and mortar. It's a way of living on. All right, I, I want to be famous. I want people to know who I am. Why do you care? Well, it feels good, but more than that, that means even after I leave this world, somehow I'm still going to be around. We want that so badly because innately we're made, we're created to live forever. However, the Ramban says that the truth is, Ein You will not find anywhere in Torah Hashkafa that there is a prohibition against mourning. The only prohibition we have, we'll see in next week's parsha, is a that when you're mourning, the Torah says, don't be so excessive in the morning to cut your flesh or to rip out your hair. Don't do something that extreme. However, the Torah never says, don't cry. 
or the anacha, the pain that you're feeling, is inappropriate. Chas v'shalom. It's natural, and it's actually a mitzvah to experience that during shiva. And then he says, We need to know, Ki ha'evel avoda lelokeinu Hashem yisborach. Going through shiva, going through avelas, is not just part of the life cycle, but it's avodas Hashem. This is part of our service of God. How so? He says, Because going through the process of Shiva and Shloshim and Yud Beis Chodesh for a parent, that helps us understand that we're not alive forever. And maybe naturally we should be living for Nitzchiyas, but that, that's not the present reality. And to really think about the fact that because I'm mortal and my time is limited, I want to maximize my kochos, I want to make my relationships real, I want to get into davening, and I want to be kovei for learning. I have to maximize my time because now it's hitting me more than ever. Lo olam adam. I'm not going to live forever. So we have a few different reasons behind the mitzvah of shiva. Right? The Gesher Chaim told us the psychological, emotional need for expressing the pain and also the idea of reinforcing and almost inspiring ourselves with the chashivus, with the importance, the sanctity of human life. And the Ramban is taking somewhat of a different angle that by sitting shiva and by experiencing the morning, we're galvanizing more strength through realization that we're not here forever. But there's no prohibition of mourning. And he says the same thing in his parish in Chomish and Parshas Rei. He says, the reason why the Torah tells us don't be too extreme in the, in the practice of Avelos, don't start hurting yourself, is because don't believe in what you see. Even though it's true, right now we don't live forever in the Olam Hagashmi, but the neshama, the essence of the human being, lives on forever. So by, by mourning excessively, it's almost a denial of the nitzchiyas of the neshama. And that's why, Ein roi lechem nefesh someone dies in their youth, where it's not the right time, so to speak. We still have to have some level of gather, some level of limitation, because we believe in the nitzchiyas of the neshama. And as we get to the end of Moed Katan, we'll see many of the Amorayim, the way they would comfort each other during a loss or a tragedy is by focusing on this point, that you didn't lose anything. And, and, and the radiance and the essence of that human being is still alive and well. That might be harder for us in our Madrega to, to implement practically, but it's definitely a, a source of Nechama. Okay. Now turning to the mitzvah of Nechem Bevelim, The Rambam writes, and we mentioned this before when we had a discussion about Bikr Cholim. The Rambam says, Mitzvah say shall divrehem. We have a rabbinic obligation, and it goes on to list many different chasadim. Lubakr Cholim, Ulanachem Avelim, Ulahotzi Hameis, Lachnis Akala, Lavos Aorchim, Lis Asik Bechol Tsarche Hekavura. Many different aspects of chesed are mitzvah say shall divrehem. And even though all of these mitzvos are midirabanin, they're really included in the pasuk of 
So we spent some time in this Rambam before. It sounds like intrinsically there's a contradiction. If you're telling me they're all midivrehim, they're all midirbanim, so how could you tell me, but by doing these mitzvos, they're within the mitzvah deraisa of avas reim, of loving your fellow. How do those two things work together? And so one, one approach is that the Torah gives us the, the basic klal. Love people. Cherish them. It doesn't specify all the different forms of chesed. Chazal come along and they say, we're going to give you, just to be helpful, these are particular mitzvahs that need to be done. So therefore, when you do the mitzvah of Bikr Cholim or Nicham Avelim, officially, I'm being Mekayim, a mitzvah derabanan. It happens to be, though, this mitzvah derabanan is really a kiyum, it's really a fulfillment of the mitzvah deraisa of Avas Reim. This is how Chazal instructed me to love my fellow Jew. Okay. Now, like all chesed, the question is, what's that? Is it the person sitting or the person being near? Oh, so the Rambam's talking about people coming to be Menachem, people coming to comfort the mourner. We're going to explore, is there also a mitzvah on the mourner to accept Nechama? Which is a very intriguing question. But the Rambam's talking about people coming to be Menachem. Now, like any chesed, the question is, do I have to? So I could visit somebody in the hospital. Is it a mitzvah chiyuvis? Is it a mitzvah kiyumis? How does that work? I have so many things going on in life, so many other obligations. So the answer is, also Gemara and Mod Katan we had earlier on in Daftes, is we have a, a basic distinction. If the chesed is efsher al yaday acherim, if other people could do it, and I'm not needed, so then, I wouldn't have to stop learning Torah to do this particular chesed. If it's ef if it cannot be done through others, then the mitzvah is stop what you're doing, even if what you're doing is liman haTorah, and be mevaker chola, be menachem avelim, do the chesed. That's how you determine whether or not you have an obligation to do chesed. Is is it possible all you day somebody else? So you could argue, I should, I'd never have an obligation to be Menachem Avul. Right? There are many people, and they so many friends and family. I'm not needed. <coughs> what do you say about that argument? If you can be Menachem in a way that somebody else can't. Exactly. If I'm a total stranger, so then you could argue, I'm not really needed. You know, maybe even with that, if I have a you know, a chush, and I have an ability to speak to someone, and I could, I could help them process better, you could argue it's EF shara But for sure, when you have a relationship with somebody, and by you coming, it's bringing a special nachama that nobody else could bring, because it's EF shara to be me, <laughs> right? So that, that, that means you therefore have an obligation to be mevaker chola, to be menachem <coughs> Okay, that's the basic guidelines for chesed. Now there's an interesting question that I think gives us a little bit more clarity in how to determine when we're actually chayif to do a chesed and when we're perhaps not. The famous Gemara and Rosh Hashanah speaks about Abai and Rava. Right? They're both the greatest of the Amarayim. And the Gemara says that Abaye he was zocha to live for 60 years, and Rava lived for 40 years. 
pretty amazing thing. <laughs> Rava was 40 years old when he passed away. But the Gemara explains that Rava the Asak B'Torah hired Bayin Shnin. He was engaged in Torah study. He had 40 years. Abai the Asak B'Torah Ugemilus Chasadim. But Abai, who not only was learning but was also doing Chesed, he was Zochet to live for 60 years. So the Chafetz Chaim in a footnote of the Abbas Chesed has such a simple question. What's going on over here? What kind of chesed are we talking about? If it was chesed that could have been done by somebody else, so Abaye, what are you doing? You should be learning right now. <coughs> and if it was chesed that was and that makes sense as to why Rava was going and doing the chesed, so Abaye, why didn't you do your chesed? It's How do you have a situation where Rava is doing more chesed than Abaye? Right, what a simple but beautiful question. So the basic answer that the Chafetz Chaim suggests, and we see this all the time, there, there are two ways of doing chesed. When something falls into my lap, or when I get the phone call about making a meal for somebody, or I hear about something tragic and I'm right in the, in the area, or I have a relationship, so then that's chesed that I didn't create. That's chesed that Hashem just kind of threw at me. And therefore, obviously, I want to do it, and I'll do it with, with passion and love. But most of the time, real chesed comes through creativity. It's not about someone asking you to do something, or, or getting an email, or, or seeing something that needs to be fixed. It's thinking outside of your daladamos. It's saying, even though they didn't ask for anything, but you know what? If I would do this for her, that could really make her day. If I would say this to him, that could make him feel like a million bucks. It's the creativity that brings on the majority of real, real effective chesed. So the Chafetz Chaim suggesting the debate between Abai and Rava was, do we actually go out of our way, which obviously takes a lot more time and mental energy to create opportunities for chesed, or do we say, listen, I love chesed, Hashem, whatever you give me, I'm going to do it, b'leiv shalem. But, but I, I don't have the time. I'm, I'm, I'm busy teaching Torah to Klal Yisrael to, to start being creative and, 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 and new initiatives in chesed. That was the debate between Rav and Abaye, and we said that Abaye was correct. Okay. The, the Ramam goes on to say that, let's say you have the choice. Kind of a hypothetical case, but it's a Sunday afternoon, I only have time for one thing. You know, during the week, I'm going to be extremely busy. So I could either be mevaker chola, I could visit somebody in the hospital who's not feeling well, or I could be menachem avol. What should I do? So the Rambam says, Yirali, kodem that being menachem and avol comes first. Why? Shenichum avelim gumilus chesed imachayim by being Menachem Avu, you're doing two things. I'm comforting the people who are alive, the mourners, and I'm also bringing Nachama to the deceased. When it comes to Bikr Cholam, I'm only doing one thing. I'm encouraging the person who's alive, but I'm not doing anything for someone in the next world. Where does the Ramam get this from? So there's a Gemara in Shabbos in Kufnan Beis, where Rav Chista tells us and what this actually means, again, is beyond our scope. 
But he says, Nafsho shel adam misabelis alav kol shiva. The neshama of the human being is also mourning for his loss in this world during the shiva. Right? So somehow the neshama is mourning the loss of the goof during shiva. Amar Rav Yehuda, therefore based on this hashkafa, if you have someone who passes away and they don't have any relatives to properly mourn the loss, then what you should do is take ten people and you bring them you bring them to the place where the person passed away. So take a simple case. Someone passes away in their home and they have no krovim, they have no relatives to mourn their loss. The halacha is, says Rabbi Yehuda, you take ten people, you go to their home, and these ten strangers sit shiva together. And then what happens? The Mepharshim explained in the Shulchan Aruch, actually Paschans according to the Mechaber. Then people come in, and they're menachem, these ten avelim. And then it tells a story. There was a story that someone passed away in the neighborhood of Rabbi Yehuda, and there were no krovim, there were no relatives to mourn his or her loss. So what happened was, Every day, Rabbi Yehuda gathered ten people, and they sat in the place where this person passed away. After seven days of going through this mourning, this artificial mourning, is chazilei bechelmei de Rabbi Yehuda. The person who passed away came to Rabbi Yehuda in a dream. You should feel at peace because you allowed me to achieve peace. You should feel nechama because you gave me nechama. I, I saw in the Bade HaShulchan. Bade HaShulchan is from Revival Cohen, one of the great postcom of our time, living in Lakewood right now. He has a beautiful sefer, a two-volume sefer on the halachas of Avelis. So he quotes this Gemara, and he's bothered by the question, it just sounds like a strange system. You gather ten strangers together, they're going to sit in the place where this fellow passed away, and then you bring people to be menachem them. So says the Bade, not quoting from anything else, but he says, that it appears to me the reason for this is, because the loss of any Jew is a loss for the entire nation. Generally speaking, the mitzvah of Avelus is but the Krovim, because they feel it more than anybody else. But if there are no Krovim, we need some people. In this case, we have to have ten. Why ten, by the way? Because ten brings the Shekhinah. When you have real Avelim, the Shekhinah is there automatically. You don't have the real krovim, then you need ten people to bring the shechina. And bringing the shechina itself, it sounds like, is part of the process of nechama for the nifter. But that's the suggestion of the Bani HaShulchan. Is it Allah HaLemaisa? The Mechaber quotes this in Shulchan Aruch, in Shinai and Vav. But the Ramah says that we're not noig like this. This is not our custom. However, they do bring, the custom is that if there's no krovim, to at least try to daven there. Daven in the place where the person passed away. Well, it's saying the person who has no relatives then to sit shiva for them or at least to daven in the place they passed away. Right? Yeah. How that applies halacha, lemaisa, lemaisa, it's not so posh.
especially oftentimes, at least nowadays, people pass away in the hospital, and, and to sit shiva there or to have a minion there is not, not practical. Question? Is there chesed shalamas, mitzvah like that? Because the person can't give it back? Yes, yes. Any chesed we do for those who are no longer living is in the category of the chesed shalamas. more of a human being that more of the family or the person that passes away. The person that passed away can't do mitzvahs anymore. So, so the Ramban says, it's a good question, the Ramban, we didn't read all of this, but he says, the, the reason why we're mourning when someone passes away is not for the nifter. Right? We believe that whatever time a Kaddish Baruch Hu has chosen, that's for the best for both the deceased and for everyone else. The reason why we mourn is because whenever you're parting from a relative, he says, even Bachayim, right? You, you know, we have many families now saying goodbye to their boys and girls going off to yeshiva and seminary and college. And, you know, they're, they're going to see them for many, many decades. But saying goodbye even when they're alive is a very hard thing. So the mourning is just we're feeling that natural pain of having to say goodbye for now. That's the Icar of Eilis. It's all about the emotion, 100%. However, from this Gemara in Shabbos, it sounds like going through the Nechama process is also a Nechama for the deceased, and that's why the Rambam Paskins, if you have the option, Nechem of comes before Bikr Cholam. Yes? Yes, and the post can bring that. Right, there's a question that when there's only one Oval sitting, is it better to say Oscha? But the, the practice is we say Eschem no matter what. And one, one reason is because it's Betoch Shar Velitzid Mirushalayim. Even though I'm speaking to this person, but I'm, I'm wishing everybody the same bracha. But another reason that's brought is because it's not just for the mourner, it's for the nifter as well. It's Eschem. I want to go a little bit further over here. So we have the importance of the mitzvah of being Menachem Avol. We see that it actually has an impact on the deceased as well. What is the goal? What are we supposed to have in mind? So the Chafetz Chaim tells us really the, the most poshit, basic mindset when going to be Menachem Avol. And it's interesting, like we've noted with many mitzvos, Bein Adam Lechavero, there's no bracha. If it's really a mitzvah, even if it's a mitzvah derabanan, we make brachos before doing mitzvos. There should be a bracha. Bracha Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Olam, Asher, Kedishanu Mitzvosa, V'tzivanu, L'nachem Esavelim, or Al-Nacham Esavelim. Why is there no mitzvah? So, and we find this as well regarding tzedakah, right? No bracha before giving tzedakah. There's no bracha before Biker Cholim. And these are all real mitzvos. Chassan and Kala. Is that the part that would negate that? Because this is something that well, the Baruch Dynamis we're going to see is more of the Nacham itself. But if that's the mitzvah, by saying, oh, the, oh, the Baruch Dynamis from the Ovel, you mean? Yeah, so then, so then it's, it's, you're, you're, it's like a Kaddish Baruch was taking care of everything. Because now, once you're accepting of it, what Baruch do I have to make other than the Nacham? Right, so that's a good point. I think that's true for the Avelim themselves. Right, for the Avelim themselves, the Baruch of Baruch Dynamis is... I'm being matzdik hadin, right? I'm expressing my amuna and bitachon that the Kodesh Baruch Hu is in total control, and I'm accepting that me'avah. 
But the question would be, people who are now coming to be Menachem B'Avelim, if they're doing the mitzvah of Nichem Avelim, they should say a bracha before doing their mitzvah. So comforting. To who? To themselves. Right? Just like before any mitzvah, I'm going to shake Lulav and Esra. I'm thinking Hashem, if I shake Dudu, I'm doing it for them. Here you're being Menachem to the person, not the... Oh, so the question is, that, that idea, right, that common thread that we find, that really every mitzvah bin Adam lechavero, we don't have a bracha before doing it. So the Rashba says, the famous Chuba is a Rashba, he says that any mitzvah that you don't know for sure is going to happen, and it's not really biadenu, it's not within our control, you don't make a bracha on. And therefore, any mitzvah that's between me and you, it's not just between bin Adam lemakom, but I need you to receive the Nechama. I need you to receive my encouragement for Biker Cholim. I need you to accept the Tzedakah. You can't make a bracha on something that's outside of your realm of influence. That's what the Rashba says. Now it's interesting, I remember seeing, there's a big sefer on Biker Cholim, I'm forgetting the name of the book right now, but he quotes from other Achronim, where they suggest it could be the reason you don't make a bracha before doing any mitzvah bein Adam lechavero is because that could take away from the chesed. And this is a beautiful idea, Alpi Musr. Right? And we've spoken about this many times. But the, the goal of doing a chesed, obviously Hashem said so, and we want to do what Hashem said. But Ba'asher Husham, right here and right now, my mindset should be, I'm here not to be Yotze the mitzvah, not to get the check, but I want to bring you Nechama because I love you. It's Bechlau ve'ahavta l'recha kamocha. So I, I would want someone to do this for me, and I want to do this for you. I'm not going to be mevaker chola to visit the person in the hospital so I could say, yes, I was mekayim, I mitzvah say, biker chola, lefidah rambam, and perek yadalit. No, I want to visit you because I want to encourage you and give you chizik. So it could be by saying a bracha that almost takes the mindset away from the person and makes it more about the mitzvah. Beautiful suggestion. So the Chafetz Chaim says the main goal that we should have in mind is it's all about trying to give some comfort from their pain. And the custom that we have, although there's no place in Shas where it actually has this expression, but we say, So, Is that sufficient to really be Mekayim, the mitzvah, of comforting the mourners, it's not so clear. But the, the real goal is, if you could speak to them and be able to somehow diminish their pain. That's the main focus of the mitzvah of Now how do we do that? Right? There are different aspects to, to the Necham itself. Let's go through a couple of different ideas here. Where do we find in the, in the Makoros how to bring a Nechama? There's an Archa Shulchan that says, he's talking about the Halacha that um, we're going to see also in Mordechatan, and we have in the Shulchan Aruch, that when a person comes to a Beis Havel, they shouldn't just start off schmoozing. And it's a hard thing because if there's no conversation, People could start feeling awkward, and I have to kind of fill the, the void with saying something. So I'll ask random questions about, so, uh, you know, how did it happen? And uh, halacha is, just keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything, right? Be there to support. 
And then, when the Avil, him or herself, wants to open up, so then you, you, you take their, their cue and you go along with it. Now, that's a general halacha we find in the Gemara and Shulchan Aruch. What's the rationale behind that halacha? The Aruch HaShulchan says, giving us an insight to the, the mitzvah itself. Yirli hatam, Part of our, our job in being Menachem Avol is to try, and it has to be done very subtly, otherwise it could come off as callous and, and totally um, just not really respecting what they're going through. But part of the mitzvah is to help them have a, a sense of acceptance as to what took place. Like Eov said, in Eov's morning, he was able to come to the Madrega. He said, Hashem Nasan va Hashem Lakach, Yehishem Hashem Mavarach. Hashem has given and Hashem has taken. And with all of this, I praise Hashem. And by doing this, by helping them come to be Matzdik Hadin, you're comforting them in their time of, of despair. So he goes on to say that by waiting for the Oval to speak first, you're almost allowing them to have some level of tzidduk hadin, some level of acceptance, and only then can you come to really be mechazek to encourage that and maybe help them get to, uh, to the next stage. Practically speaking, the acronym say that we find this is not always the case. Right? You'll have people come to a shiva home and they do start speaking before the oval begins. But, but oftentimes you have you know, people who know halacha, people who understand these ideas. So there, there are different ways of explaining that. First of all, what does it mean the oval has to start speaking first? Every person who comes in, they can't say anything until the oval speaks? Is it every group, every half hour? So it's not so clear what the halacha is. According to some, as long as they start off saying something in the beginning of Shiva, that's enough. Right, so it's not so clear how to apply this halacha in a Lemaisa way, but the hashkafa of the halacha is very clear. Right? Take their lead. And if you could somehow, if, if they see they want to focus on this quality of, of the lost relative, then go with it. If you see they want to go in a different direction, allow them to lead the way. But from the Orach HaShulchan, we find that part of the Nechama is being matzdek hadin in a sensitive way. Interestingly, could they mindful their, uh, their, um, their, it's not, not the halacha, could they mindful the halacha saying, I'm a very quiet person, whoever comes in should... Uh, 100%. There's no gezeris akasov here. You know, if, if, if they encourage the menachmim to start speaking, that's not a problem. If you pick up on the fact, if you're sensitive that the avil or the avalim would like you to say something, then you say something. The bottom line is take their lead. Does that even go as far as if they just want to chat and they don't want to... 100%. If, if, if they want to schmooze about something else, then you go with it. You know, there, there's an interesting question here. Great Sefer that came out fairly recently. The Tzione Halacha on Avelub, on Avelus. This is by uh, many Psakim of Rebbe Yashiv. So the Shoel, the person asking the question... Quote of the Shulchan Aruch and Shinayin Vav that says we have to wait for them to speak. It's not appropriate for you to say anything before the, the Oval starts off. So the question is, Is it also to speak about other things? 
So Rabbi Yoshev answered back, Isser. Eze Isser. What Isser? What, what does that mean? Aser? Make a Bisurim? So they explain that the Lashon of the Shulchan Arach and the Gemara is a Menachem Rishoyin, that the people coming to be Menachem, they're not allowed to. It, it's Mashma that there's an Isser. But Yashav corrected them. In Rishoyin, they're not allowed to, just means, Mibnei Shalom Mekayamim Mitzvah Tanchume Evelim. The Gemara and the Shulchan Arach are telling us how to be Mekayim the Mitzvah, how to bring Nechama, let them lead the way. Avaloshiyesh Isser Bedavar. So obviously to sit there and schmooze about random things is not the goal of Avelis. But sometimes, just for the sanity of the Avelim, they need to, to schmooze about the basketball game. Again, take their lead. Is it a kim of Nichem Avelim? Not directly, but maybe indirectly. I want to just go on to the next point here from the Gemara Mode Kotim. This, this is a, a really a, a chiddish in understanding the Chama. This is the story of Rabbi Akiva. It says that Rabbi Kiva lost two of his sons. And Klal Yisrael came, and they were eulogizing them, and they were really showing him respect through their, their being mishtatev, through their joining in the Avelos. I'm sorry, Bishas Rosan, when they were leaving, when the people who came to Rabbi Akiva were about to go, Amar Rabbi Akiva Safsal Gadol, he stood up on a big bench. My brothers, Klal Yisrael, Shimu, you should listen to what I'm about to tell you. That Even if my two sons were chasanim, they were mamish about to get married. Meaning to say, even if it was more tragic than it actually was. I feel nechama. Based on what? On the kavod that you gave to me. The cover that you gave to me was a nechama. And he goes on to say, I, I don't mean because me personally, it makes me feel good that everyone's coming to be Menachem Avol for Rabbi Akiva, but because you understand the Torah that I represent, that cover itself brings me a nechama. From this Gemara and elsewhere, we derive that being machabed, showing respect and, and, and expressing support to the Avul him or herself, that's part of the Nechama. Even the way that, that they're stationed in the home. The Shulchan Aruch says, they should be Mesiv Berosh. They should be like at the head. Because we're giving them Kavod as part of the Nechama process. This was the Kavod for Tov. This wasn't a personal Kavod to him. So how do we see that showing a personal Kavod? Good Kasha. We have other, other cases of Shur we're going to see from uh, Rafutner momentarily. But the basic idea of, of receiving kavod is part of the Nechama. Last but not least, we have the idea of just showing support without saying anything whatsoever. The Gemara in Bracha says, Igra de Beitamia Shtikusa, the main schar, the main reward one gets for being Menachem Avol is by being quiet. Just be quiet. And the Marsha says, this is referring to the Gemara Moakatan that tells us, allow the Abba to speak first, but until then, be quiet. So how is, how is being quiet the Iker Schar of being Menachem Avelim? So likely, it's because just being there with the person, showing them that I, I just care about you, and I love you, and I'm here to support you, and you might not want to speak right now, and that's okay. 
but I'm not going to feel awkward. I'm sitting here together with you. I'm being mishtatev. I'm joining in. That could be the greatest nechama. We find this idea in a very powerful letter that was written by Reb Dessler. Reb Dessler is sending his wishes of nechama, and he says that with all of my heart, I'm carrying this burden with you. I feel the pain as well. And then he quotes the, uh, the line of comfort. But then he explains, why do we say that? He says, Naturally speaking, it doesn't make sense for someone to actually be comforted. And even by saying all the right things, it doesn't make sense that it should work. Right? The person lost a spouse, the person lost a child, Khalila. It's, it's not shy, it doesn't make sense to, to feel comforted. How do, you, how do you move on? The whole concept of Nechama is really a gift from Hashem. The Nacham is coming directly from a Kaddish Baruch who owes It's really miraculous. It's supernatural. But Hashem does this for every Avil. And therefore the Bracha is that Hashem should be Benachem you because we understand we can't say anything. This is part of the meaning of the Pasuk we say in Pesukah de Zimra. Hashem heals the broken hearts. The only one who could heal a broken heart is a Kaddish Baruch he says, people say mistakenly that time heals, right? Hazman menachem. But that's not true. It's Hashem menachem. He goes on to say again, Just by expressing his hishtafus, his joining in their pain, that in the mind of Reb Dessler was the most powerful way of sending a nechama to this family. Now it's interesting, like we mentioned before, is there a mitzvah? for the Avil to accept Nechama, to, to become comforted. So in the Sefer Tzini Halachos, they quote a letter from the Brisker, from Reb Chaim Brisker. And he says to somebody, just like it's a mitzvah to be Menachem others, it's also a mitzvah for you to accept Nechama. So the, the person asking the question to Rebbe Yashem was assuming, based on that letter, there's also a mitzvah of allowing oneself to, to, to receive nechama. Again, a brilliant response from Ilyashev. He says back, the letter that was written from Chaim, he wrote it to a particular individual. His goal was not to be a horah for Klal Yisrael. There's a new mitzvah! Lihis nachem! Now, he was trying to bring comfort to somebody. He was trying to explain to the person, what you need in your life right now is you have to accept the nechama. But, but don't shpar, don't try to bring from this letter, there's a new mitzvah of acceptance of nechama. And the truth is, according to Reb Dessler, it sounds like the whole process is almost lamala min hateva. It's supernatural. What we can bring from the letter, though, is that maybe there's no official mitzvah, but it's something that should be in the mindset of the Avelim. Obviously, we're here to express the tsar, and we're here to, to, to bring it out so it doesn't stay in, and we're here to mourn the person so we have a cheshivas of life. But at the same time, we want to utilize these seven days and the whole experience of Shiva and Avelus to try to get to a better place. So that should be part of the mindset.
Okay, we're going to have to call it here for now. What I'd like to do, though, is there, there's actually a question about being Menachem Oval on the telephone. But it really gets into all the sources we've discussed. So next time I want to see Rav Moshe and a letter from Rav Yitzchak Hutner. We'll see a couple of the more practical halacha lemaises. But until then, have a wonderful day. Anybody who's able to say a few moments about the church?